Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 56. My name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. My name is Brent. <laughs> okay, last week we had a funny instance. You, you couldn't even say your name. I couldn't. So I, I think that's progress it last is. week. I've made seven days of therapy and I'm a little better at that. that, that a little, a, little better. Had a lot of authority to it though. Uh, yeah. Making a statement about your name. Darn right. I'm Brent. My parents gave that to me and I'm stuck with it. And that's the story. That's the story. <laughs> Uh, so this is podcast number 56, the last podcast of the year? I oh, wait, don't no. think so. December 30th. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess the second last podcast second. of the year. Yeah. Last podcast before Christmas. Ah. Because Christmas, as we know, uh, is in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone who's who's watching. Hope you have lots of time off work so you don't have to... It's like the worst thing ever is to work Christmas Eve. Or the people who have to work Christmas Day, which uh-huh. is just ridiculous. I've been there. And Boxing Day. I've been there. That's. I'm okay with people who work on Boxing Day. Cause, Are you? Yeah, Christmas is over. And... Boxing Day is not a holiday in the U.S. We've talked about that before, yeah. but it is a tradition in Britain and Canada where we have an extra day off after Christmas, which is the best day. Really. It is, especially for hockey. Oh, yeah. Because I think, is that the day the World Juniors start? I believe you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then the Spangler Cup is... Kind of going on at the same time. I think the Spangler Cup might even start uh, Christmas Eve day, like tomorrow, Ooh. I believe. It's a great time to watch hockey. Uh, it's it's two weeks of, unfortunately, they, they start a little too late and they end a little too late. So once you're back in your normal life and it's the first week of January <clears throat> and it's a Thursday or a Friday after New Year's and you're supposed to be at work, that's when the damn final of something is on. And exactly. Then you've got to get sick at the right time so you can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the contest that we have going on. Mm-hmm. It is officially closed. It closed on the 20th. On the 22nd, which was yesterday, I uploaded some... The t- it was supposed to be the top five. That's what I said in the in the original contest video. We couldn't narrow it down to any more than... Uh, we wanted to do the top 25, but then there was just one... Or there was two that couldn't agree on. So uh, just made it the top 26. And the Patreon members viewed that video and gave us some feedback oh, good. on what they liked the best. So uh, I haven't shared that feedback with you yet. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we will review all of the entries again and uh, make our final decision tomorrow and film that video uh, tomorrow. And then it'll, it right. will release on Christmas Day. So the winner will be announced on Christmas Day. And I must say, there are some amazing entries. Mm-hmm. People did incredible work, drawn and digital work. So... Really impressive work, guys. If you're listening to this and you and you send in an entry, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, like, pretty crazy in the fact that there's so much talent out there. That mm-hmm. I mean, our f- fan base or subscriber base is pretty small. It's thirty-seven thousand subscribers. That's a drop in the bucket compared to the rest of YouTube. And the fact that we can get this this much quality work from that small group of people, it's pretty impressive. Three hundred and ten entries total. Oh wow! Here. Here's the frustrating part. Of the 310 entries, right. only 73 were acceptable. Followed the rules. Followed the rules. Uh, there was so much copyright, it was unreal. <laughs> there was one specific logo that was made by someone on the internet. It was submitted by 14 different people. <laughs> <laughs> so they all stole it from a third exactly. person. Exactly. Oh, boy. And... I just realized this morning, I did some more research on the top 26. I felt like there was one that was 
potentially copyrighted, mm-hmm. made by someone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I dug a little bit deeper on the internet. I ended up finding it. Oh, no. So there really is only top 25. Uh, there oh. should have been top 25 in that video, but yeah, disappointing. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's it. So the intent of this is to try to gauge people's creativity and artistic skills, but instead for many of them, it's digging up their research skills instead. <laughs> yeah, it just makes more work for me because I have to go find it on yeah. the internet. And it's just, yeah. it's it's a very time-consuming process. And that's why we don't do these type of contests very often because it's it's easy to judge. Like it's, that's the easy part. We're in a pretty good position there. We get to, mm-hmm. to judge people's artwork and it's, it's nice. But uh, it's a lot of work finding and sifting through all of the copyrighted, <laughs> copyrighted, it's like, it's a ton of work. It's exhausting, so... Uh, we'll do another one, but it probably won't be for four or five months. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about the contest. Any other <laughs> questions or anything there? No, I just, I was going to observe that 73 out of 310 is just a little over 25% yeah. correct factor. Yeah. The other 74 plus percent for various reasons were inadmissible. Yeah. Most, which is mostly copyright. Yeah. Mostly copyright. Mostly copyright. Oh, well. Did you see the Goldie fight? And the SPHL. No. Last night there was a goalie fight. No. Yes, between the Rivermen and the Storm. So here's how it happened. You can watch it after. You know what? You want to watch right now? Well, you just keep talking, and I'll see if I can. Okay. So uh, the Rivermen goalie had the puck and in front of the net, and he was going to play it. And so he played the puck, and the Storm player skating in literally skated right directly for him and checked him as if he was a player, right into the net, knocked the net off the moorings. The player went back and started to fight another guy, and the goalie that got hit beelined straight up the ice for uh, the other goalie. <laughs> and uh, they had they had some words, and then they ate some knuckles. It was great. <laughs> and then it ended. <laughs> so he was in his crease when he first got hit? Yeah. Did you find it? Uh, well, there's several here. I don't know how... One thing that the search doesn't tell me is the age of the video. So I'm, I'm just looking up one here to see. It says... Uh, okay, well, what did you search? Oh, see, that was 2011. Yeah, I, so I, let's, let's, let's have a lesson. This is an old person lesson. Old person, how to use the internet, featuring Brent. Here's what I did. Rivermen, storm, goalie, fight. Okay. Did you go to YouTube and search that, or did you go to Google and search that? I cert- no, I didn't go to either. Oh, my God. I searched with DuckDuckGo. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. What the hell is DuckDuckGo? DuckDuckGo is for people who want to do searches but don't want the Google man to track everything they do and learn about their inner thoughts. This goes back to the Huawei conversation. You think the Chinese government is... Apparently, I'm not the only one. The Five Eyes countries also think so, and the United, including the United States and almost everybody <laughs> except a few folks in the Canadian cabinet. Okay, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Okay. This is going to be a very important lesson for you. <laughs> I'm on YouTube. Now, search Riverman versus Storm goalie fight. <laughs> now, on the top left, you'll see a filter option. Click the filter option. Click the filter option. And go to time and change it uh, to today. To the last week or today. Or Yeah, or, or this week. Let's just say this week. I've done these kinds of searches before. Uh, I was just trying to go the fastest possible way. No. But now I've got a two, two minute and 10 second clip. Unfortunately, we can't show the clip. We can't show the clip, but I'm watching it and enjoying it very much. 
So, uh, so the net's off its moorings. Did you see the check? I, I didn't. Oh, the goalie's name is Fanuf. Yeah. So I did actually have that coming up on the first uh, search that I did on DuckDuckGo, but I didn't click on that one because you stopped me. Oh. oh, this is fantastic. Any, anyway, if I would definitely <laughs> request that everyone go watch that video. It's pretty great. This is great. And there's another fight that goes on. and Yeah. So they actually turn away from the goalies and show the other fight for a yeah. while. Well, that's unfortunate. See if you can skip ahead to the replay where it actually shows the player checking the goalie. Okay. <clears throat> because I don't know if I've ever seen this in hockey before. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see a slow motion replay. So I'll go back to the very beginning. All right. So I see the goalie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the net comes off its mooring because of the check. Yeah, because of the check. All right. Well, I didn't yeah. see that the first time. Anyway, definitely go watch the video. Very cool. All right. Now like we. What? Go ahead. I said I like it. Oh, yeah. Keep going. It should be more of that in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we released a video recently, and recently, I mean yesterday, of the the every NHL team's best logos. There was some incorrect information in that video, specifically with the Pittsburgh logo. I said that they wore the logo that I chose uh, during their two Stanley Cup wins in the early 90s. That's mm-hmm. incorrect. Sorry that I didn't get it right. I was five and six at the time, so my memory's a little faded. What I really meant is it was the logo that they used in the early 90s. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, if you're going to be a professional on YouTube, you better do your darn research. That's I know, all I'm right? saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Um, people were, were commenting saying that you, I should have used previous franchise logos. Oh. So for, with Carolina, I should have chose the Hartford Whalers one. I didn't want to do that because that's not the same team to me. Mm-hmm. It's the same. What? It's not the same team. But guess what? Not too long, maybe even while we're filming this, just this afternoon, the Carolina Hurricanes are playing hockey, wearing the Hartford Whalers jersey. Yeah, I know, but today. And my criteria when I made the video is that they wore the logo on a jersey, and I hadn't done it at that point. So even if it was my favorite logo, it wouldn't have met my criteria. But the time this releases, they will have done it. It's going to wipe out everything you did, all your work. But that video already released. <laughs> no, <laughs> it has to be the current. The current team. I, I totally agree, actually. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to just trying to bust your chops a little bit. That's okay. Um, Boxing Day deals. Mm. If, you have, if you've come across any Boxing Day deals, I need you to send them to me. Actually, I need you to specifically tweet them to me. Don't private message me on, uh, like, don't DM me on Twitter. Just tweet me the link or tweet at me and say, hey, check out this site or whatever. Sometimes when I get messages on Twitter... They, they, they just don't pop up. I don't know why. I don't get notifications for it. I'm not sure if it happens to anyone else. But I don't get notifications. So, like, literally tweet me. Don't message me. And try and make them Canadian-specific. <laughs> A lot of American deals aren't worth... Uh, but will there even be American deals? Because Americans don't have Boxing Day, so would they have Boxing Day deals? That is a very good question. I do not know. I actually don't know either. I think Boxing Day originally was our version of Black Friday. Oh, really? Yeah, because we didn't have a real Black Friday in Canada because our Thanksgiving is okay. several weeks earlier and it's on a Monday. Cause, yeah, because Boxing Day deals in Canada are huge. Huge. And it was when it's the first day after Christmas. Uh, not every province has the next day off in retail, although yeah. Prince Edward Island does. Yeah. So our Boxing Day sales physically the day after Boxing Day in PEI, but in other places it is Boxing mm. Day. But in the States, 
I think their Black Friday is the, probably their best day. So that's come and gone. I just had an amazing idea. Oh. And it has to do with taxes. <laughs> okay. You remember the TV that we were talking about the other day? Yes. And I said it was twenty three ninety nine on sale for eleven ninety nine. Mm-hmm. If I buy that, I could claim it as on my taxes for post to post. Because technically we would use the TV for the channel to watch hockey. I would submit the following. On a strict basis, you're correct. However, just like a car that's used for business, mm-hmm. if you have any personal use of that car, you must keep a logbook and pay taxes on the personal component of that use. Okay. So if you were to buy the television for post-to-post, a post-to-post were to purchase the TV, mm-hmm. it could only ever show hockey games and, and qualify for the tax exemption. It could only ever show hockey games or other research associated with producing the post-to-post content. That's easy. All right. So, you, you know, you're saying you don't need to keep a log book of uh, any time you mm-hmm. might want to watch a movie on it or whatever. No? no? Maybe. I, th- I think the best way to avoid any of these issues is just not to claim it as a tax deduction <laughs> in the first place. I guess. Yeah. And, but, of course, post-to-post doesn't make any money. Right. Really. It breaks even at best and probably doesn't even do that. Yeah. So writing it off on taxes that aren't being paid in the first place is probably not going to get very far. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how would you How would you do the percentage, though, if you use it for personal use? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you create a percentage? Well, it's easy, I guess. It's just a matter of uh, the time being used. So, so you'd have to like, literally log every time you watch yeah. TV? If you have a company car and you have it at home and you run out to get a loaf of bread at the store, mm-hmm. theoretically, you're supposed to log the kilometers or the mileage of that trip and then deduct it from the overall mileage of the car for the year and then claim the personal use of the car. Interesting. And you need paperwork to, to back it up. All so, right. yeah. Just saying. Good, good discussion. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, though. Good yeah. try. Good All try. Right. <laughs> Anyways, if you find any deals, please tweet them to me. Yeah. Um, I'm in the search for... Uh, this. I need a Winnipeg Jets jersey. So if you find any on sale, please send them to me. Uh, a lot of deals in America aren't really deals for us because we have to pay customs and the shipping. It's And it's in U.S. dollars. And The exchange is rotten these days. Like $75 Canadian is only like $48 American. It's just, it's just terrible. It, it's just nuts. And, and even worse, the last few weeks, as the American stock market has been in a nosedive, Four and 500 points every day and it's going down, that means that something else is going up in comparison and that something else happens to be the United States dollar. <laughs> so the dollar is getting more valuable in the U.S. Therefore, it's not only getting more valuable against the stock exchange, it's getting more valuable against other currencies like the Canadian dollar. Great. Yeah, so it's not a, our dollar is not in a nosedive like the stock market is, but it's down every day. So it's 11 one-hundredths of a cent, 18 one-hundredths of a cent, half a cent. It's just dink, 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 dink. Now it's down to 73 or 74 cents on the dollar now. Un- unacceptable. I, I agree, unacceptable. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of dollars, have you seen the new $10 bill in Canada? I heard someone say that it's it's, it's portrait vertical. orientation. It, yeah, it's portrait instead of landscape. That's weird. Very interesting. I haven't seen it, but... It's I... quite pretty. I have one. But Do you? I'll, yeah, I'll show it to you uh, after the show. All right, deal. Yeah. Uh, game recaps mm. is something we usually do first in the podcast, but I, I save it till not the end, but the, the middle. Yeah. Uh, holy crap, there were a lot of games on last 14. Last 
I think. I think it was 14. 14 games? 14 games yesterday. Yes, indeed. Holy. Anyways, it was a lovely day for hockey because they all lined up kind of back-to-back. There was early games and, and afternoon games and wall-to-wall supper games and if if you wanted to yesterday you could start watching hockey i think at 12 noon eastern <coughs> or 12 30 and watch continuously until about 1 a.m eastern mm. or 12 30 continuously like hockey was on somewhere all the time do you think that that should be allowed in the playoffs allowed oh yeah once like one series per conference only played afternoon games well on the weekends maybe and no every single game they play uh, i don't know afternoon games i don't know i don't know if that's fair to the team though i don't know if that's fair to the home team or any of the teams there's there's revenue that comes from commercial viewing that's true. on television there's the gate they would probably still sell out in the playoffs mm-hmm. nashville's going to sell out on a tuesday afternoon people would take off work no problem yeah so that's easy the gate's easy but the ad revenue because most of the world does have to work yeah. in the daytime. So I don't know. Maybe I'm overestimating that impact. But uh, hmm. baseball, they do it. They have afternoon games yeah, during the true. week in baseball, and they don't seem to be starving for money. Hmm. So who knows? Anyway, yeah. uh, the first game of the day was Boston Boston and Nashville. We watched most of this game. Boston won 5-2. to two. Mm-hmm. And it was in Boston. In Boston. And, it, and I think I said a week or two ago about Rennie Rancourt's replacement was another kind of a portly guy, heavyset fellow, mm-hmm. and he also did the fist thing. Yesterday's game featured a lovely young gal singing the national anthem. So Did she do the fist bump? There was a very tiny one at the end, just one little up in the air, mm-hmm. but there wasn't this point around the crowd and doing this and doing this and pointing <coughs> around and firing a gun or whatever. <laughs> um, she, But she, her voice, I don't know, I think she, she started to run out of gas. Oh, really? That. Well, she only had to sing one anthem, of course, because it's a U.S. Mm-hmm. and U.S. teams. But uh, she was a little scratchy, a little gravelly, and I don't know, maybe that's her style. Um, her name was Vanessa Salucci, I think it is, or Salvucci. Um, she was quite good at the beginning, but I thought she started to lose track of it there, there near hmm. the end. But uh, all right, uh, but far less annoying than uh, <laughs> Rennie Rancourt or the other guy. So, okay, yeah, very good. Uh, I thought Boston played a really complete game. Uh, the passing mm-hmm. chemistry that they have on that team is, is is unreal. It really is. And Nashville looked tired. They did. They just weren't clicking. They weren't uh, accelerating to the puck when it was time for a foot race, and there were several what would be foot races for the puck. Nashville decided they weren't going to race for it. Yeah, they they lost a lot of battles and a lot of foot races. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Bergeron was unbelievable. First game back. Of course, he's had 16 games of rest. Mm. Uh, Not only rest, of course, but uh, he's been doing rehab and all that. But good grief, uh, he was outstanding. Exactly. Outstanding. And I really enjoyed the broadcast. Oh yeah, because we love the. Broadcast. We were commenting on this because Nesson did a, a fantastic job with their camera work and everything. They they only missed a couple of faceoffs. They didn't have the annoying corner camera that all the Canadian broadcasters yeah. revert to all the time. Most of the coverage was from a camera that was at center ice and looking down at the whole play, like I love to see from my previous days when they didn't have as many cameras in Canadian TV. Jack Edwards and Larry Brickley are. Are Homer announcers, but they should be. It's That's Nesson. An understatement. Nesson is the Boston area. It's New England, New England Sports Network. So they're going to be pro Bruins, and it was great to listen to them in a way. I think it's fine for a regional game. I think it's fine. I think there's a line, and it's okay to be a little bit biased and be a little Homer when you're broadcasting on your own feed or whatever. But I think Jack Edwards crosses this like 
continuously. He's so biased. It's unreal. But you know it. You know it's coming. I know you know it's coming, but it's just it's frustrating. It was funny. After Bergeron got the first uh, two goals, and he was fishing for a hat trick, uh, I think it was on the third or the fourth goal for Boston, he did have a touch on the puck, but it, it hit another player from, the, from Nashville mm-hmm. in the interim. And when the goal got scored by, it was uh, Marchand's goal or Pasternak's goal. I think it was Marchand's goal. I thought Bergeron should have had an assist, but I didn't go on about it. I didn't sit there in my chair and go, hey, that's not fair to Bergeron. But, yeah. but Larry or Jer- Larry and Jack were on there saying, well, just because the other guy touched it, that, they, that shouldn't deny Bergeron an assist on that. Bergeron <laughs> should have an assist. And they went on like 30 seconds worth yeah. of how unfair it was to Bergeron that he didn't get an assist on that goal. It was f- kind of funny, kind of mm. cute, really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, from a visual perspective, uh, as a viewer, that was probably the best game I've watched in a long time. It was a great game to watch. That was awesome. Everybody was firing uh, in the Boston side. Uh, McAvoy, Halak got an assist, actually, in the he last did, goal, yeah. which was wonderful. That was the empty netter. But uh, it was a great mm-hmm. game to watch. Really good. Uh, the next game that was on was the Columbus and Philadelphia game. Columbus won 4-3. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Boston, the passing chemistry was mm-hmm. was like really impressive. Like They just know where each other are. They've played together for, for, I guess, so long now that, uh, yeah. uh, I know Panarin's new to the team, but he's got some chemistry with the, with some players, uh, on his team that is just, I don't know. It just comes, it, it looks natural. Like it looks like they've been playing together for 10 years. Yeah. They just know where each other are on the ice. It's, and Panarin had a really good game. He did. Yes, he did. He was a, a real standout in that game yesterday. Mm. Bobrovsky got another win. Carter Hart, uh, he had some good saves, but. He had an, an absolutely incredible save. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately there was a goal just after that, yeah. but. Like that, that pad toe save that was was awesome. Uh, Bobrovsky's vision, I thought, was really really noticeable in this game. He's had a bit of a tough year, but like he when he tracks the puck, he like it's he's all over the place when he tracks it. He just he has laser focused vision sometimes, mm-hmm. and he does not lose sight of the puck. It's he's an incredible goalie, fun to watch. The next game was the Florida Detroit game. Florida won two to one. Uh, Howard looked really slow, let in some soft goals. Luongo was had an unbelievable game. Fantastic, like <laughs> probably his best game this year. Yeah, he looked he looked awesome. Uh, and Florida again showing that that chemistry that we talked about in the last two teams, pretty impressive stuff. Did you see the uh, the dust up near the end with the Andal? No, I didn't. Um, there was a Florida had uh, the two one lead, and Detroit had pulled the goalie to try to tie the, the game up. So they were having a bit of a huddle in front of the empty net or I think they were going to go down, or somewhere that Detroit was all gathering. And Yandel thought, well, I'll just go up and get into the huddle. So he basically barges his way into the huddle, and he's listening as they're all trying to talk about what they're going to do. <laughs> really? And they see him there, and they start to <laughs> physically try to eject him, and uh, it, it gets ugly, but it's really funny. That's awesome. Yeah, good for Geith. <laughs> yeah, funny stuff. So that was good. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, the next game was a Montreal and Vegas Golden Knights game, and mm-hmm. Montreal won that 4-3. Honestly, a pretty boring game for the most part. A lot of the play was against the boards in the neutral zone. That was terrible. It was a very frustrating game to watch as a hockey fan, but mm-hmm. the end of the game got oh. pretty exciting. Vegas was ahead 3-2, uh, gave up a late, late goal, I think in the last minute and 40 seconds, something like that. Yeah, Montreal had pulled a goalie. They were uh, empty net, six attackers, mm-hmm. and got it in. And then... Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, and then they won in overtime. Uh, I don't want to say that I think Montreal deserved to win that game because I don't necessarily think they... They did. They had a lot of shots, so like they played a pretty good game overall. They had shot Vegas forty-seven to twenty-six. Yeah, and, but I, like Flurry was amazing. He was unbelievable. Flurry made some absolutely incredible saves. So, and there were some goal posts and things. Yes, too. there was. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
we were going to go to a game this year and we were thinking that we that was the game we were going to go to because we were offered free tickets. But unfortunately, which is too close to Christmas, we've been in a situation in the past where we've traveled for a game uh, really close to Christmas, actually on December 22nd. Uh, we've talked about it. I think we told that story in the I past think so, in, yeah. in Montreal. And anyways, it was an absolute nightmare. We almost didn't make it home for Christmas. So we just said. Too risky. We, we learned our lesson. Yeah. As it turns out, though, it would have been a great time to travel. Maybe not there because we had pretty rough weather a few days ago here. But yesterday. Plus, the, plus 11, like T-shirt It weather. actually got to plus 12 in Charlottetown. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. for the, the first full day of wintertime. And I, I measure snow every day. I'm part of a volunteer weather network. We had 11 inches of snow on Thursday morning mm-hmm. for, and even into Thursday night. And then the weather Friday started to turn. So I guess even Friday morning we had 11 inches of snow. And then by yesterday at supper time, I was barbecuing on the back deck. Literally. And there's no snow. <laughs> there's no snow. There's and, no snow. And a t-shirt. It, it. Yeah. It, it's unreal. How <laughs> I, I'm old and I've never seen the snow go away that fast. Yeah. It was unbelievable. We had quite a bit of rain as well as warm temperatures. And there was a lot of wind too, so it would carry the the cold air that would be coming up off the snowpack would be cast away, mm. replaced with mild air, and then that would melt the snow even faster. Mm. It was incredible. It's fantastic. And we will be having a green Christmas. We will because be. of it. Second and second year in a row. I think. Ask me if I'm sad about that. Are you sad no. about that? <laughs> I'm sad. It should be green on Christmas, or it should be uh, white on Christmas. No. What do you mean? No. No. Our ancestors. If you go back far enough, if you go back three hundred years. Our ancestors in Scotland and Ireland and England uh, and wherever else, uh, they didn't have white Christmases hardly ever. So there, that's our heritage, is a good green Christmas. There's a very popular character that's in a a movie around Christmas. Uh, He's dressed very similar to Brent here, wearing the same color. His name starts with a G. Uh If you know who I'm talking about, that's you. You are the Grinch. Am I a mean one? (laughs) You are the Grinch. Um, Yeah, maybe so. And I've been called that before, and that's fine. I don't get into the Christmas spirit until Christmas Eve around supper time, and I don't get out of the Christmas spirit until about Christmas night around supper time, (laughs) and I'm basically done. And I think I was in retail for many years in the family business. Christmas was a big, big deal for our economic prosperity in the family, so you had to be all in on Christmas and do your Christmassy selling things and buying things, and it was a big, big deal. But it it really soured me on the whole commercialization of Christmas. Oh, it's very commercialized. Even to the extent that I would have benefited from it as a younger man. Yeah. And then, of course, when I was in broadcasting, I often had to work uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas morning or Christmas night. Uh, and at the radio station, we had live announcers back then, no computer control stuff. And we had to play Christmas music. So for the month or even six weeks leading up to Christmas, I'm playing Christmas songs all the time. (laughs) And by the time I was done my fairly brief career in radio, I was so fed up with Christmas music. I never, ever want to hear it again. Wow. And I, well, I really don't. Interesting. I really don't. And whenever I hear it, I change the channel. Whenever I hear a Christmas thing on on a commercial, I'm, I'm gone. I understand. Christmas radio stations, never, ever. The Christmas tree shop or people that have Christmas in July at the local campground should just all be taken out and beaten. (laughs) Oh, go away. Oh, man. It's terrible. Uh, Are we going to go see a game this year or what? I hope so. When? Um, Probably the later the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, 
with work, uh, this is not anything that anyone else cares about, but the organization I work for, which is a Canadian government department, we are introducing several new programs on the 1st of April for our clients. Oh. And all of everybody's energy between now and the 1st of April and even beyond, actually, will be totally all in. We're even telling our own staff to not file for vacations. Really? Forget about going on March break this wow. year. Because we need you on deck. Uh, it's going to be... And, and as things get closer to that drop dead date or stand up date, go live, we, we call it, it's going to be very stressful for a lot of people. Not so much me, but a lot of people. So when can you go? Well, we might have to depend on a team making the playoffs. Oh, you want to go see a playoff game? Yes. Do you care where we go? Not really. I have a preference, obviously. Yeah. But uh, that's not up to me, is it? whether that team makes the playoffs or not. But I would, look, if there was a way to get down to the garden for, uh, Boston's definitely going to be in the playoffs, the way I'm looking at them. I think so too. No question. And depending on where they finish, they might end up playing Tampa Bay in the first round, which would be a Mm. great series, although not great for Boston fans, I don't think. You know where we should go if we had the opportunity? Mm. It's Buffalo. That that would be amazing. Making the playoffs for the first time in a long time. That would be amazing. Lots of excitement. That would be amazing. Hmm. And we're so close to Toronto and close to Detroit. Who knows? Yeah. Of course, it won't be Detroit, but hmm. um, you know, we're not far from, if we're in Buffalo, we're not that far from Columbus. We're not that far from some other markets. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. It'll be a, probably a last minute decision and maybe it will a, be, yeah. a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next game is well, the... Well, let's not leave the game yet. We have to make a little bit of fun of the announcers in the Montreal game. Oh, TSN2 carried the game. This is an oddball thing in Canada. It's, it's on a Saturday. Weekend games, generally, but especially on Saturday, are almost always under the auspices of Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, and CBC. The chances of you seeing hockey really depend on you having access to those kinds of channels. Some of them get farmed out to City TV because they just have so many games and not enough different platforms. But the game yesterday... At 5 p.m. our time, Montreal, Vegas, which is 1 p.m. Vegas time, was carried on TSN2. They hardly ever get a Saturday game. Mm -hmm. So this was very strange. And not great for Montreal fans because if you didn't get TSN2 on your cable, you're not going to see the game, period. At least not going to see it in English. Anyway, so they were down there. Brian Mudrick and Dave Poulin did the uh, the play-by-play and the broadcast. For the most part, it was quite well done. It was, yeah. But some of the cliches are just a little over the top. Um, Dave Pullen at one point talked about an active crash. An active crash. <laughs> that was great. So, and by great, I mean terrible. Yeah. To me, the word crash denotes some activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to call it an active crash, what are you thinking? Someday, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, Pierre Maguire said active stick. Yeah. And then he said active feet. And then he said activate, that so-and-so is going to activate. And Pierre Maguire has introduced a disease into the commentary of many other NHL broadcasters, including Dave Poulin, to the extent that yesterday he talked about an active crash. Give me a break. I thought it was more funny than ridiculous. It was funny. It It was funny. And then at one point, he called them, this is the Vegas Golden Knights, the green team. The green team. Yeah. I was like, what? Now, I'm colorblind, so I'm not there to criticize Dave Poulin if he thinks there's green on that team's uniform. But Neil was sitting right there, and Neil was able to fill me in on the colors of the Vegas Golden Knights. There is no green on the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. And then the final thing I thought was funny, uh, we had the active crash followed up by the active pursuit. Oh, the active pursuit. Active pursuit. And So how... How do you pursue somebody inactively? <laughs> I was going to say, what's an inactive pursuit? 
it's a it, whatever it is is pretty well done. I, I think it's say. I think it's when you watch something getting away and then you think about pursuing it, but you don't. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's not what we saw yesterday. No, that's not what we saw. <laughs> so we had an active pursuit and an active crash. What what I what here's what I wish. NHL broadcasters would never watch each other's work. They only do their own play-by-play. They go home, and they don't even turn hockey on for the next three days until it's their turn to work a shift again. They never watch each other. Therefore, the disease that they give to each other would not spread. That's how we got this ridiculous term of half-boards. Half-boards. That's the worst for me. Half-boards and half-wall. Half-wall. The half-wall. Okay. (laughs) When they're down in the corner and the commentator says they're at the half-wall... That would, I guess, be the boards and the glass. Where are they when they're in front of the bench? Is that the quarter wall? I I don't know. Where's the full wall? Where's the full wall? Exactly. Is there a full wall anywhere? Hmm. And when you look up the NHL rule book, there's a penalty that comes when one player slams into another, probably as the result of an active pursuit. And then there's (laughs) an active crash into the side things. Yeah. And that would be the half wall in the eyes of some reporters. And it would be maybe the half boards in the eyes of some others, but what's the penalty called? I think it's called boarding. Oh, funny. How about that? should be called half boarding. should be called half boarding or half walling. Half walling. Yeah. <laughs> Two, Two minutes, minutes for half, wall. for half walling. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I... No, I agree. I, I'm, there was also a moment where they were talking for honestly probably over two minutes about, I don't even remember because I didn't care. But the point is they weren't calling the game. And this was in the third period. The game was close. It was 3-2 Vegas. And they were talking about all kinds of things with a general hockey theme, but not about the game that was going on. Yeah, if I was blind, like if I was a, if I was a, le- a legitimate blind person, person, and we were watching the game together, and I was obviously listening or whatever, I would have no idea what was going on. You, you would have to commentate for me. You'd know the game was underway because you can hear the puck and the sticks and the ice and the the skates on the ice and the carving. You could hear all those noises of a game going on in the background. That's your only clue that anything was happening. Mm. That there was active anything. <laughs> active anything. It was it was very poorly done. Uh, the announcers himself, Brian Mudrick, I actually don't mind him. He doesn't annoy me like some other announcers do. He really normally does talk about the play, and he doesn't have cliches. He talks really from I think original words. What mm-hmm. what's going on? And I and I thank him for that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. These guys. Uh, the next game was the Los Angeles Kings and San Jose Sharks game. Mm-hmm. Big big rivalry there. Uh, so LA won three two, but San Jose had a pretty, pretty amazing comeback there late in the game. Pavelski had a, an amazing tip. He's he is the best tipper in the NHL, I think by far. Like there's no one that even comes close to Pavelski when it comes to tipping. Uh, Kovalchuk's first game back, he gets two. That's, I mean, mm. LA is last in the league with 29 points, I believe. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's math. It's it's mathematically possible, but I don't think it's actually possible for LA to come back and and get back into a playoff spot. It's going to be it would be quite it a would cool be shot. one of the most amazing acts in in the NHL history. But you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you mentioned the Carlson hit to me. Yeah, and I did see it. Okay, what are your, what's your thoughts on the Carlson hit? Well, at, when I first saw it, I thought it was more shoulder on shoulder. I don't think there was any targeting for one thing. I don't think, and I think Wagner had the puck, so he was hittable when Carlson hit him. Carlson's got no record of this, no rap sheet, but I'm the kind of person who I've said it on this show a few weeks ago. It doesn't matter what your history is. If you did it, you did it. Um, 
There was no penalty called at the time. There is apparently a call taking place today with the league to discuss oh, really? supplemental discipline. Yes. Really? If there's going to be any at all, and there might be none. But there is a call taking place, which I was surprised to see because, again, no penalty was, was administered at the time. Uh, everybody saw it. It was in the middle pretty mm-hmm. well, right along the blue line there. Um, I thought Wagner was hittable. Carlson hit him. It was more of a whiplashy thing than a, than a real head-on-head mm-hmm. head or shoulder-on-head thing. So I would probably not do anything. I agree. I think for me, I thought it was more shoulder-on-shoulder, shoulder, clean hit, more of a keep-your-head-up situation. Mm-hmm. It was a suicide pass. Uh, usually when you see those big hits, the big dirty hits, and someone gets hit in the head, you'll see the opposing team, their bench just lights up. They stand up and they're like, whoa, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. call that. Did you see the L.A. bench after that hit? I didn't, know. Not a single person on that bench stood up. Really? They knew that it was a clean hit, suicide pass. So mm. to me, that, that tells me a lot. Yeah. Even they didn't think it was that bad of a hit. but So I personally wouldn't discipline Carlson at all. I thought it was a clean hit. Um, that's, that's what I'll leave it mm-hmm. That's what I'll leave, leave it at. To your point about the L.A. chances of getting into the playoffs, the good news is they're only 10 points out of a wild card spot with about 45 games to play for the most part, yeah. or 46. That's a lot of games to play, so the season is far from even being half over. That's a lot of games. The, d- the downside is they have to crawl over seven other teams yeah. to get that last wild card spot. Yeah. It's, That's where the challenge is right there. It's yeah. not that they can't do it. It's that everyone around them is probably going to be playing pretty decent hockey. So mm. a lot of things have to work in, in L.A.'s favor for them to make it. Really? Yeah. You, you never know. You never know. It can happen. Yeah. Uh, the next game was the St. Louis and Calgary game. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a huge win for Jake Allen. Because, as we all know, St. Louis has had a pretty terrible year so far. But Jake mm-hmm. Allen played really well last night. He got the win. Uh, I noticed that it wasn't really a, necessarily a win for St. Louis, but a loss for Calgary. Yeah. They were standing around. Like, Smith would make a save. And then the Calgary players would just, like, stand around and watch the puck after the rebound. It, 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 was, it was just strange. Uh, anyway, I think that... I'd like to think that St. Louis can rebound and become the team that they used to be. Mm-hmm. I just don't have a good feeling about them, even though they, they got that big win last night, and that was a really important win for them against a very good team. Mm-hmm. I just, on the road? On the road, yeah. It was, like, it was a huge win. Yeah. A confidence builder. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, don't, I just have a bad feeling about St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't think that they're going to get into the playoffs this year. And I, I fear that they will actually continue to fall a little bit down the standings. I hope I'm wrong because I like St. Louis. but. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Arizona and Colorado was the next game. Arizona won six to four. Colorado looked really tired, like really tired. They did they play the day before? I think they did, didn't they? Uh, I'd have to check, but I, I feel can like check they, pretty they, quickly. They, they looked really tired, uh, and then but they came back and tied the game. And then that the Colorado goalie that they put in the the rookie there, I forget his name. They did play the day before. They were at home and lost two one to Chicago. Uh, yeah, uh, they put in the rookie goalie there yeah. halfway through the game, and then he let in a. T- Terrible goal to give Arizona the lead five four. Yeah, it was Francouz. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that that's unfortunate. However, did you notice how many fans were at that arena? I did not. It was absolutely packed. Oh really? Yes, and there it was in Arizona. Yeah, there were so many fans there. I was like, that's great to see. That's that team really needs that. So that's awesome. And that was actually a day game out there. It I was. Think it yes. might have been yeah, a little later in the day here for us to watch it, but it was a daytime game. Mm. Cool. Uh, the next game was the Buffalo-Anaheim game. Uh, Buffalo 
won three nothing shutouts. Allmark mm-hmm. uh, got his, I think, second shutout of his career, and the season, I believe. He's, I think, Buffalo's like seven and zero against specific teams this year. <laughs> it's it's something like that, seven zero and one or whatever. They, they've they play really well against specific teams. Um, I thought they played a really really complete game, like defensively, offensively. Neutral zone, like everything, I thought Buffalo played a really strong game. So that was an important win for Buffalo uh, because they're trying to hold on to that third spot in the Atlantic because Boston's really catching up. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I have to talk about for this game, did you hear about uh, Rick Jenrett? No, I didn't. Two minutes into the third period, he's calling the calling the game as he usually does, and then there was silence for 20 seconds. No. Yeah. Um, and then Brad May, I think he was the, the other guy, that, uh, he took over the play-by-play they removed rick from the press box on a stretcher to the hospital uh he's stable in stable condition he was apparently coherent while he was on the stretcher i don't know what he his condition is now but he's at the hospital and he's stable i guess but wow that's all i know well that's bad even though as i I often make fun of him it, and his ways. I don't want anything bad but to happen. You make to fun of him in like an almost an admirable way because oh, he's so unique. Not, he, he not is in very a, unique, and he's because you don't like him or something. Very much a homer. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it awkward and kind of skeezy some of the stuff that he would do. Yeah. But uh, uh, you never want to see anyone, especially overcome on the job. Oh no, he's he's like a he's such a unique play by play announcer. I wish him all the best. Hope he gets better, and uh, look forward to listening to him when he gets back. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Toronto Rangers game, did you watch any of this game? Oh, I watched all of it. So Toronto won uh, 5-3. Did you see the Riley snipe? The Riley snipe? Yeah. Oh, just that, was... that little pocket. You don't even think it's there, and then he just finds it. Riley's having an amazing season, so uh, I really enjoyed that goal. Other than that, I honestly didn't really watch much of this game. I had other stuff going on, so maybe you want to take over this specific game. Sure. Uh, it was uh, a really, really – it was funny. At the beginning of the game, I'm thinking to myself – who do I want to win this? I'm, I'm traditionally not a Leafs cheerleader, and I don't really like the Rangers either, but I'm thinking of, for my Montreal Canadiens, what's the best outcome? Well, job one, the best outcome, is to not have a three-point game here. Yeah. So I don't want this to go into overtime or a shootout. That's job one. Uh, job two, I'd probably rather Toronto win than the Rangers because the Rangers are creeping up into that last wild-card contention where Montreal sits right mm. now. And I wanted Toronto... I don't think we can catch Toronto. Montreal's not going to catch Toronto. Toronto's only about five or six points ahead of Montreal right now, but they've got a couple of games in hand, I think, or at least one. So I thought the best case scenario here, presuming we'll not catch Toronto, is to not let the Rangers catch us. Exactly. I was hoping for a regulation Toronto win over New York. That's what happened. Thank goodness. The game, though, it was uh, very, very interesting. Um, It was 36 shots for Toronto, 28 for the Rangers. Georgiev was the... uh, Georgiev. Georgiev for, for the Rangers. But it it was five three at the end, but it wasn't it wasn't a lopsided game. It was very very close. Lots of back and forth. Lots of back and forth. Um, I, I noticed some interesting things happened during this game. First off, the first goal that Toronto scored, CBC missed it. They had a, just a weirdo cat camera angle during the live play by play. They were showing it from behind the net. They were not even focusing on where the shot was coming from, and. It was in. Bob Cole was totally surprised by the fact it was in as well. Of course, it's Bob Cole. Bob <laughs> Cole is frequently surprised by things that happen on the ice, even if the viewers aren't. Yes. But in this case, the viewers couldn't see the goal either or couldn't see it very well. 
on the replays, it, fine. CBC found better footage and showed them, but they missed the first goal. Um, and then at one point, uh, about halfway through the third period, there was a, a spot at 15 minutes and 33 seconds. If you have the game and you're able to PVR it, at 15 minutes and 33 seconds, they show a Keystone Cops Chinese fire drill line change. The camera's way back looking across center ice at both benches. At one point, counting the goalie who's out of frame, there are eight other skaters t- contacting the ice with their skates for really? the Toronto Maple Leafs. They actually, at one point, had nine players on the ice. <laughs> now, it was a totally legal line change because yeah. the players that were coming on were getting into the play, and the players that were leaving, it's just that so many of them were changing at once. Wow. It was just weird. <laughs> and, and even Bob even Bob noticed that. He says, seems to be quite a few people there on the line change. And, and the Rangers had a craziness going on, too, not quite to the same extent. Mm. But it was really, really something wow. to, to see that. So 15 minutes and 33 seconds through that game, and the third, if you can get to that. Um, I thought it was a really exciting game to watch. Um, it was uh, just on the edge of your seat kind of stuff. Typical original six, Saturday mm-hmm. night in Toronto. It was great. Um, there was some obstructions at the end. But just as far as the on-ice play, I do have a, a couple of things that I noticed. Um, McQuaid. Uh, McQuaid went with, uh, oh, I forget who he was with, but he dropped his gloves and everything trying to go with uh, someone. It was Kadri, maybe. Uh, anyway, McQuaid dropped, and he, he first he did a, a cross-check, and then a, he got a double minor for cross-checking and roughing, I think. But I would have given him five or ten for fighting. The other player didn't take his gloves off, whoever it was. Oh, really? But McQuaid, gloves off, and he was wailing away. Wow. And even when the other player fell down, McQuaid was, you know, going in on him. Um, I like McQuaid. Uh, he's, he's a local boy here. I, so for all kinds of reasons, I like McQuaid. I want him to do well. But he let his emotions get the better of him that mm. time. But it was not good. I have a story about McQuaid. Let me, or remind me after this is over and I'll tell it to you. Yeah, I'm basically uh, done with my analysis. Um, what about the guy who stood up in front of the camera? Well, I, I'm getting to that. Okay. Uh, this was, now here's how long Bob Cole's been around. He did the game that night. Okay, last night. Uh, Glenn Sather the New York Rangers presented him, I think off camera at some point prior to the game, presented him with two beautiful framed prints of something. It wasn't to do with hockey so much. It was hunting or something or fishing. Uh, but it was a gift from the Rangers to Bob Cole in honor of his 50th year in broadcasting mm. and his impending retirement. He only has six games left. Oh, wow. Bob Cole will be off the air after six games. Wow. Which is awful. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to guess how many Toronto Maple Leaf games Bob Cole has called in his career? Oh, my God. Like 1,400 or something stupid? No, just Leaf games, okay. Oh, just Leaf Just games. Leaf games. Not all, all games, just I Leaf games. Uh, 160. 808. <laughs> He's called 808 <laughs> Leaf games. Now, if you play 82 games a season... That's like, and for all the 50 years he's been coaching or uh, calling games, they weren't playing 82 games. So that's almost 10 straight years. <laughs> okay, hold on. Yeah, I was going to say 10 years. 10 years. What was it, 800 what? 808. 9.85 years. 9.85 years of just of the ju- Leafs. Just leaf when the Leafs were crap for most of that period of time, mm. really. Mm. Bob Cole started his... His uh, broadcast career two years after the Leafs last won the cup. Wow! And he's eighty-five years old. That's now. crazy. It is crazy. 
Now, uh, good good for Bob and good for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I hope he has a great six more games to go. And then uh, and then he has a nice, uh, long and, and enjoyable, healthy retirement. That's right. Yeah. He's got a great family that I'm sure are, can't wait to have him back. So mm. that's great. Um, now, this ding-dong guy. Near the main center ice camera in Toronto, someone, some idiot, managed to buy a seat in the worst possible place to obstruct that camera. Yeah. With uh, 59 seconds left. Now, at this point, the game is in doubt. The Rangers have the goalie pulled. It's 4-3. Mm-hmm. They're swarming around. There is a dust-up between, I think it's Kadri and somebody... And this ding-dong gets right up in front of the camera and his head is perfectly positioned to completely obstruct what's going on on the ice. Yeah. And his hands are up in the air, like, what's going on? How come there's no call? Whatever. Meanwhile, CBC is so slow to react that for about six seconds, we're looking at the back of this idiot's head. And finally, they find a, a ice-level camera to show us what yeah. happened. And then we do get to see it later in a replay. But he completely destroyed didn't that he turn around and look at the camera? That was another time. That was 14 seconds later. So the same guy in a totally different play with 45 seconds to go, yeah. he jumps up this time facing the camera and, hey, hi, I'm here. And it, again, it continues to block the play. I sent both pictures to you, you last did, night. You did, yes. But what a ding-dong. And if it were me running the uh, Scotiabank, this is my Johnson and Johnson, whatever the, the place you go. I, that guy would be banned for life from, from the building for entirely. Life? For life. Wow. For life. Because a fan should be there to enjoy the event and to watch the event, not to become the event. I completely agree. I think a lifetime ban is a little harsh. I would be more in favor of, like of a five-year ban. But I, it was stupid. I mean, if you want to be there to watch the game, then watch the game. If you want to be on TV... Then go sign up for a Big Brother or something. Or like get a YouTube channel. Come on. <laughs> this ain't TV. <laughs> well, it depends what they're watching it on. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. But it was a really entertaining game. Other than Ding Dong. Other than Ding Dong. Yeah, other than Ding Dong. Uh, the next game was one for uh, nothing. Shout out here for Copley mm-hmm. and... Uh, Phoenix Copley, the son of the parents who couldn't spell. Didn't he... Wasn't he born in Alaska? Uh, Could have been. I don't know. I think he was born, I'm almost positive he was born in Alaska. But his, yeah, they spelled his first name P-H-E-O-N-I-X instead of O-E. Oops. So he is Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that's just a spelling error on the birth certificate or the parents just didn't know any better. I can't imagine a parent would say, let's name our kid Phoenix and let's do him one more favor. <laughs> and spell it We'll spell it weird. I think it's a cool name. I, I love the name. Yeah. I awesome. love the name. And hopefully they trade him to the Coyotes someday. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, it, it, good for him. He had a great game. Mm. Yeah, I thought Washington's second effort uh, continuously in that game was awesome. They they didn't give up on plays. They they lose the puck and then they take it right back and score like that. I think oh, man, I can't remember who scored it, but it was a. There was three players in the Boston or not in the Boston in the Ottawa end, and there was one Washington player, and he just ripped the puck, walked in and scored. I think it was like. I don't, man, I don't know who it was, Ron or someone. I, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, pretty bad loss for Ottawa there, but um, playing Washington, what can you expect? They're on fire. Mm-hmm. And didn't his ice time was pretty low last night, eh? Was it? I didn't know. There's the, so much supporting cast in Washington that he doesn't have to 
carry the team. They're so deep that yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh game also another shutout in this game. Pittsburgh won three to zero. Crosby, in my opinion, still the best player in the world. Like McDavid, this and McDavid that. McDavid's an amazing player. He is. He might be the best player in the world. I personally think that Crosby's still the best player in the world. I think Nathan McKinnon is like. A lot of people don't get a chance to watch Colorado that much. Mm-hmm. They're in a kind of a a bad division. A lot of the fans are on the East Coast. They don't get to see Colorado. But if you get a chance to watch Colorado game, please, please, please watch Colorado and watch Nathan McKinnon. I think he could be argued for the best player in the world. However, I still think it's Crosby, and it was a perfect example last night. He was just he was everywhere. It was it was awesome. So, did you watch that game? I did not. I did not watch that one. Uh, the Dallas-Minnesota game is next. Dallas won 2-1. to one. Uh, That had like such a playoff feel. There's a rivalry there. It's been there for a little while. I would love to see those two teams play in, in the playoffs. That would be amazing. Well, and considering Dallas used to be the Minnesota North Stars. Exactly. So they're back in Minnesota, back in their own original created town. Yes. And uh, you know who got the game-winning goal in overtime? Uh, Radulov. Radulov. Did you see it? I did not. What? You didn't watch the overtime? It I, was one of the best overtimes. Of, like, okay, Minnesota goes up the I ice. Don't even, I don't think it was available on, on my TV. Minnesota goes up the ice, 2 on 1, hits the post. Dallas comes back down the ice, 2 on 1, hits the post. No. Minnesota goes back up, and it comes back down, and Radulov, is, he's just gassed. Like, he's completely gassed. <laughs> he's been out there for two minutes. He can barely skate. And then he rips, like... The weakest shot ever, and it goes in. Like, it was the weirdest overtime. You have to watch it after this. Make a note. Make a note. Watch this after this podcast. Um, the Winnipeg-Vancouver game was next. Winnipeg, shutout. Another shutout. There were so many shutouts yesterday. That was such a great game, considering it was only one nothing. And there was, uh, I like goal scoring. I like a lot of goal scoring. Yeah. But I like a lot of good play, too. So big saves are fine mm-hmm. to me. Just as exciting. That was a great game to watch. I watched the whole thing. I, I PVR'd it. Watched the first period, and I think halfway through the second period live, and then wow. I kind of ran out of gas. And I picked up the rest of it this morning off nice. the PVR. So I didn't know even who won the game when I was watching it. And when you think of a one nothing game, you think of a game that, well, you don't know when the, the winning team necessarily scored. Well, in this case, they scored with literally a minute and a half to go in the game. Yeah. And they were five on five. This wasn't some kind of weirdo thing. It was a five on five mm. goal, a really good one. And then they hung on for the win. Fantastic. It was pretty crazy. It was really good. Uh, I don't want to say there's a rivalry between Winnipeg and Vancouver, but I think there automatically is a rivalry between all Canadian teams because there's only seven of them or whatever there is. It's just whenever two Canadian teams play each other, there's, there, it's always close, really. There's never... I think Montreal and Toronto is the perfect example. It doesn't matter what team is the best team that year. It's always close. And I think that is the same with a lot of Canadian teams as well. Edmonton and Calgary, same thing. I've seen Vancouver and Toronto play really, really close games when Vancouver was amazing mm-hmm. and Toronto was the worst. Really close games. I don't. It's just a Canadian thing, Canadian matchup. Yeah, there were some bad CBC misses in the coverage here. Um, there was a tussle between Bufflin and Roussel, uh, and it was going to escalate into something, and the CBC missed that. Um, Point and Chasson went at it. The linesman jumped in and stopped anything from getting going, and they were about ready to drop and chuck those guys. And then uh, Paquette and Cashin. Cashin, Cashin was chasing Paquette around and caught him, and the, and the linesman jumped in on that. Why are you talking about going. the Tampa Bay game? 
Aren't we talking about the Tampa Bay? No. <laughs> I'm still talking about Vancouver. Right. I, I my my notes bled off into the other uh, box. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but the thing I did want to bring up. Uh, now that I've confessed or, or demonstrated my ignorance and stupidity, um, back on my notes where I was hoping to look was the Shifley hit on Besser. Did you see I that? I didn't see that. I didn't see it. It was not unlike the one we talked about a while ago with Carlson, Carlson. and Wagner. Uh, Shifley had Besser lined up, and he was hittable. He had the puck. Uh, but now the announcers said that Shifley pulled up at the last minute, didn't give him the entire check that he could have given him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see it that way. I still think he was hittable, and I don't think it's suspend-worthy or anything like that. But Shifley uh, hit hit him. The referee saw it, didn't call it. And during a TV timeout after, the broadcast showed Shifley on the bench and the referee over there talking to him and mm-hmm. not lecturing him or anything. They were just having a, a pretty animated conversation about how Shifley saw that play. And the referee, I think, was I think telling him that, buddy, that was close. You were on the edge there. Mm. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any supplementary discipline over that. I really like Besker and I don't like to see him get hurt. That's my biggest yeah. worry. And I really like Shifley. Shifley's one of the most likable oh, NHL players on the planet. And yeah. he's so, he loves the game so much himself and he would never knowingly violate the code, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so, so I give him a, a pass there as well. But the hit itself, I don't think was egregious enough to call it a penalty or to have any supplement. I'll have to look it up and, and see. But it's a good thing Shifley didn't get a penalty or didn't get kicked out because he's the guy who he got the goal, goal yeah. with a minute and a half. <laughs> and it was a great, uh, great play. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the, and then the last game, which you've already gone into a little bit, was the Tampa Bay versus Edmonton <laughs> game. Tampa Bay won 6-3. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton actually had a lead in that game for a little bit. They did. but And the game was a lot closer than it looks because when it was 5-3, uh, Dreisaitl hit the post with two minutes to go. They had the goalie pulled. Mm. So it was 5-3. If Dreisaitl had not hit the post, if that had bounced in instead of out, yeah. it would have been 5-4. Who knows? Who knows, right? yeah. It ended up being 6-3, so it looks a little lopsided, but it wasn't. That was a great game. It it's great hard game. to play, like, I think teams know they're going to have a tough game against Tampa. Yeah. But they're so deep and they're so fast. That's what she said. Uh, I think that if teams under, underestimate Tampa, even though they know that they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but... There's just, there's so much skill on every single line. You just can't, you can't deal with it. Like you, in certain series, uh, like whoever Pittsburgh's playing in the, in the playoffs, they'll get a team, a player on the opposing team to shadow Crosby and to shadow Malkin. And it's worked in the past. They've kind of shut them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You almost can't do that with, with no. Tampa, that Stamkos and Kucherov and Point And it's just, it's just, it's endless on, on Tampa. They're just, they hit you with every single line. And then there's the, the the their defensive end who shuts people down, and then there's Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I just I don't see them not winning the Stanley Cup this year. Anyway, and I, I agree. Last night showed every other team in the league how dangerous and scary Tampa Bay is because they were playing a team that's really they were at home. Yeah, they're they're doing well under Hitchcock. They've got their jam going. Uh, they have some pretty fast skaters of their own. And they were in the game for quite a while. They really, up until the last couple of minutes, they were in the game. Hmm. And even then, when you go back over the whole game, they didn't have enough for Tampa Bay. They just didn't have enough. They, they weren't going to win that game. It, it was frightening. Wild. Yeah, it was uh, really. And I thought uh, Sergachev, by the way, I'm just looking up Sergachev's numbers for Tampa Bay because they don't you don't see him talked about a whole lot. But uh, he he had a good game. 
He had a good game. Um, he got three shots, and one of them was a beauty. Uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, he was really right in the center. He was back, but he was quite well inside the blue line. He just ripped it, hmm. and uh, it didn't go in, but uh, good stuff. put some offense in there. Now, games on today are, are actually a lot of games on today, probably because tomorrow there are no games because it's Christmas Eve. So games today, Columbus versus New Jersey. Who are you picking? Oh. Um, I've done terrible this week on my predictions, by the way. Like an absolutely disgusting record that I have this week. I, by this I, week, I mean last week. Yeah. So Columbus played yesterday, right? Correct. Did New Jersey play yesterday? No. Hmm. And they're in New Jersey. Uh, they, yes. They've been sitting there laying in wait. Yes. I'll give this one to the Devils. I'm going to pick Columbus. You, you do that. What about Boston and Carolina? Oh, by the way, that Columbus-New Jersey game is on, I think, right now. Yeah. So, so by the time this airs, it'll be over with. Yeah. Um, Boston, Carolina? Boston, Carolina. In Carolina? I don't know. Um, let's find out. I need to I need to know who's the, who the home team is. So just give me a second here. Sure. Bear with me. I can tell you. We've got uh, high high duty technology coming up here. Um, Are you on the Duck Duck Go again? They're in Carolina. Um, well, I tell you who I'm hoping for. I'm praying deeply for Carolina to win this game. Um, yes. Boston might be a little tired after last night. They did well. Um, I'm going to say they're too tired and thinking about Christmas turkey. So I'm going to say Carolina. Oh, I'm going to say Boston. Okay. I, ho- I, ho- I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Florida versus Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, Florida's slightly better team and they've got, uh, they got some weapons, but Chicago's at home. I think Chicago wins. I also think Chicago wins. Yeah. Philadelphia and the Rangers. Um, Rangers. I think they're beat up a little bit. Uh, they're home, back home, late night landing, Philadelphia. They played yesterday too, so it's about an even split there. I I hope for, and I'm saying the Flyers. <laughs> I hope for the Flyers as well, but I'm saying the Rangers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Detroit and Toronto. Detroit and Toronto. Uh, I think Toronto is just on a high. Detroit, I don't think, has enough for the Leafs. I agree. Yeah. I'm picking the Leafs as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Los Angeles and Vegas. Los Angeles and Vegas. Um, L.A. is on a high after what they did yesterday. Yep. Vegas, though, they'd like to go into the Christmas break with a win. They're at home. They're really hard to beat, and, they're, and they've only lost four times at home. Yeah. And the fourth of those was just last night or yesterday. So I'm going to say Vegas. I'm also going to say Vegas. Okay. Arizona and San Jose. Um, I think the Sharks are at home. They're in their own barn. Coyotes are a weaker team, so I'll say San Jose. I will also say San Jose. Yeah. And then the last game, the Islanders and um, Stars. In Dallas. Um, did the Islanders play yesterday? Uh, no. No. They did not. So I'm going to give this to the Islanders. I'm also going to give this to the Islanders. They're okay. my pick. All righty. Streaks. Your favorite word. Uh, the team's on a winning streak right now. Tampa Bay with three. Toronto with three. Boston with three, Columbus with three, Pittsburgh with three, and Chicago with three. It's a lot of threes. On the losing side of things, Nashville on a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Anaheim on a three-game losing streak. And then Edmonton on a three-game losing streak as and well. And Minnesota's lost four. Minnesota's lost four? Yep. 
lost four in a row. Really? Yep. According to my data. According to DuckDuckGo. Oh, my God. You, no, it's not DuckDuckGo. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to have a conversation after this podcast <laughs> about DuckDuckGo. They don't track um, you. Anyway, my players of the week. Want to take any guesses? No, I don't. <laughs> Kucherov. Okay. Four games played, three goals, seven assists, ten points, plus five. Not bad. I think the the next closest person had seven points, so it had to be Kucherov. Yeah. My goalie of the week. Ah, Vasilevsky. Yaroslav Halak. Oh. Three games played, three goals against in those three games, so his goals against average is one. Uh, 0.961 save percentage. That'll do. I was going back and forth between Halak and Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. I ended up going with Halak because I thought he just played overall... Better, but I looked at their time on the ice. They each played three games. Right. Okay. They each played the full game. So they didn't, mm-hmm. no one got pulled. No, they each played every single period. Halak's time on ice is uh, 179 minutes and 42 seconds. Right. Bobrovsky's time on ice is 179 minutes, 46 seconds. Ah, there you go. Do you know? That confused me at first, but I found out. Why it's like that. Well, they left the ice during a delayed penalty. Exactly. Okay. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's actually all I have in my notes. If you have anything else, take it away. All right. It's not so much hockey related necessarily, but uh, I was noticing the music that they play in some NHL arenas. And I told you I wanted to talk about this today. Oh, we were watching, I don't know what game. I think it was the Vegas-Montreal game actually, wasn't it? No, it was the Boston-Nashville game. Okay. And I don't know what it is about so many NHL arenas, but they seem to have this burning desire to play Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne or Black Sabbath, whatever it is. And it's the worst sounding garbage that ever came out of a set of speakers at center ice in a hockey game. To have that crazy old man hollering, all aboard, (laughs) and then it just, it sounds awful. I'm going to go get my guitar in that other room right there. I can see it. It'll I'm sound even it worse if you and I'm going to play Crazy Train for you. The other thing that uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe until I heard it several times yesterday in the Toronto game. I haven't been paying much attention to what Toronto plays after a goal. Do you know what they play? No. Kiss on my list by Hall and Oates. <laughs> no, actually, it isn't. I was going to say, that's not not a real riveting song. But it's a song that's just as bad, maybe even worse. And it's You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. It's the worst. That song got to number five, I think it was, in the Billboard charts back in 1980, 81. I remember. I was there. You were DJ. I was DJ. It only got to number 14 or 17 in Canada. It's a song that wasn't very good to start with. I like a lot of Hall & Oates stuff, especially from the 70s. 80s, not so much. But it was... Like what has that got? To, it's not a. It's not a song you'd play after a goal. And Toronto plays it after every goal they score. It's terrible. What? Who? Who thought of that? Is this Kyle Dubas? Maybe it's an inside joke. Who knows? Well, it's got to be a joke of some kind. Inside, outside, round back, whatever. Some teams have really good goal songs. Oh, fantastic! I really love the one they're using in Montreal. What team is it that uses different goal songs depending on who scores? Oh, each player has their own song. That's a great idea. Who? There's a team that does that. Maybe it's not in the NHL. But I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. If, I, if someone knows, can you please let me know in the comments? I actually thought it was Toronto. But 
Anyway. Well, maybe the two I saw dream making my dreams come true. Maybe it was they were both Mitch Marner goals or something, and that's his favorite song. Maybe it is Toronto. I'm sure I'm we'll know by sure now. I'm pretty sure there's a team. If, yeah, let us know down in the comments. We read, 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 if, we read this is, comments. if this is because Mitch Marner wanted this song played every time he scored, something wrong with Mitch Marner. <laughs> oh. Something wrong. Um, anyway, the other thing that, that you pointed me out to on Friday or Thursday, you came home one night from work, you said you got to watch this clip of Tim and Sid. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and this is when Crosby and Ovechkin were jawing at each other during a game a couple of days ago. There was lots of antics on the ice, and Crosby and Ovechkin got at it from the benches. They're both in the bench yelling at each other, and there's one guy in the middle, and it's Pierre Maguire, and he, rather than let us hear what's going on, he keeps talking. He won't shut up. And Tim and Sid go ape on him. They rip him a new one. It was fantastic. Go to YouTube, search Tim Tim and Sid. And then Crosby versus Ovechkin, you're almost guaranteed to find the clip. And then if you want to sort it by this previous week or whatever, uh, you have to watch it. It's awesome. They completely destroy Pierre Maguire, and rightfully so. It was great. It was Absolutely it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see media go attack other media very often. Mm, but Pretty rare. This was awesome. Um, so also in sports, in the sports world, but not necessarily the hockey world, there was an interest, uh, interesting, I guess, almost a, an odd awkward thing happened yesterday in the NFL game was Tennessee and uh, Washington, the Titans and the Redskins. Tennessee won the game, but at the end, one of their players, Josh Norman, came over to uh, Taylor Nguyen, uh, or the other way around, I guess it was Nguyen, and did a bow and arrow uh, gesture towards the Redskins. Whoa. Yeah. And he was a big fella, this guy. He's a big guy who did it. The guy who was offended was like a, a whole head shorter than him. Yeah. And he was like, what are you doing? You know, he's bumping into him. And the other guy eventually walked away. I think he probably realized what he'd done and felt bad. Should have. Should have. Because there's a lot of controversy right now about using Native American symbols for team names yeah. and things. And of course we had, this might be predate you, but back I think in the 90s, a lot of the Atlanta Braves fans in baseball were doing the... Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Right. Yep. So, so this is not over yet and the players are into it a little bit and that's not good. On the bright side... There was a basketball game between Dallas and Golden State. And there's a player, his name is Doncic, and he was uh, driving for the net. Didn't make the basket. But when he fell down, and, and he's actually playing for Dallas, and they're in Golden State. Uh, he, he falls down, but his momentum carries him into the crowd, and he completely knocks over this little kid. There's a mother and a little kid. The kid looks to be about 8, maybe 10 yeah. years old. And this great big burly six foot whatever basketball player just piles into him and knocks and there's just chair flying and and he felt really bad at the time and the kid I think was in quite a bit of pain although nothing injured just probably yeah. just sore um, and like any kid around their mother when they get hurt they want maybe a bit of attention or whatever too yeah. and uh, anyway after the game was over he, despite the fact that his team lost they lost 116 to 120 uh, he went back over to the kid with a signed jersey Oh wow! And this is he's this is the opposing yeah. uh, barn that he's in, right? So the kid's probably not cheering for his team or anything. But he went back over and he just checked the kid again, make sure he was okay, and gave him a signed jersey. Wow, that's cool! Great gesture. Yeah, that's so awesome. That was great. And finally, I know we're going to do a question. Uh, Manchester United fired hey, their coach. What? Uh, hold on. Sorry, I have a basketball-related story for oh, you. Oh, okay, great. Do you know the story behind Dennis Rodman? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which story, not which Dennis? No, I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I've told. What I was told, 
Oh, it's got to be true. Um, when he graduated high school and he was 18, he was only six feet tall. He went to, I think he was working as a, he, did, he didn't make his college team, whatever. So he's working as a janitor. And then he eventually started playing some ball and stuff and he got noticed. But he grew from six feet to six, eight, I think it was, or six, nine in a year after high school. Wow. And then the rest is history. But like he's working as a janitor. He's working as a janitor, and then he is negotiating world peace with Kim Jong-un. With Kim Jong-un, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well done, Dennis. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyways, go ahead with your... Manchester subject. United, uh, the, the football team that I follow in the UK, in the Premier League, uh, they've been struggling. They're only in sixth place, and they're usually in the top four, and hopefully near the top of the thing. Um, they fired their manager, what they call a coach. They fired their manager this past week, Jose Marino. He's gone. Replaced him with a Norwegian player who used to play for Manchester United and has had some success coaching in Norway, but he's really not coached uh, or managed a Premier League team, uh, certainly to the, the stature of Manchester United. His, uh, his name is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Okay. Uh, younger fella. Really looks like a really good guy. They played in Cardiff uh, yesterday, Cardiff, Wales. Manchester United beat Cardiff 5-1. Oh, wow. Under this new guy. Uh, getting production from players that Marino didn't yeah. really play enough, I guess uh, you could say, or they would think that. And it's the first time they scored five goals in any game in the league since their original, Sir Alex, manager, last coached them five and a half years ago in 2013. Wow. Yeah, so what a turnaround. What a turnaround for Manchester. So now, it, it might just be a blip because it's Cardiff. That'd be like Tampa Bay beating Arizona, right? Well, I mean, it's whenever a new coach comes in and gets production out of yeah. players that weren't producing before, that's a pretty important step in the right direction. So Yeah, indeed. Mm. You done with your other, other stuff? I'm done. My stories are complete. All right, we have uh, one question today from a viewer, and uh, go ahead. All right. Hey, what's up, Post to Post? My name is Travis from Manchester, New Hampshire. If you guys could change one thing about the Boston Bruins, except for Marchand, I know we would all change him if we could, but uh, if you could change one thing about the Boston Bruins, uh, what would it be? And then the second question is for Brent. Uh, what is your favorite thing about New Hampshire and why? Hey, thank you guys for everything you do. You make awesome videos. I watch every one of them. Hope you guys have a great Christmas season and a great new year. Great question, Travis. Thank you so much for sending that video in, and Merry Christmas to you as well, and uh, and everyone watching at home. Uh, so t- he had two questions there. First one was, what would we change about Boston? Mm. For me, it's more of an aesthetic visual element. Uh, I am not a fan of that their current logo. I know it's classic. I know it's you know, it's all about history and stuff. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's more. There's other Bruins logos that I like better. I'd like to see them use one of those or try something new. That's my opinion. I don't know if I change change very much about Boston. Uh, let's put myself in the shoes of a Boston fan. I don't even think I'd get rid of Marchand. I would try to alter the way he approaches the game because yeah. I think he's too valuable to get rid of. But I'd really have some sort of counseling sessions or something scheduled for him just to try to find the source of his his switch flicking off or flicking on when it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's a tremendous player. Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron, you've got a team that if it wants to play in a given day, can skate with anybody and oh, beat yeah. anybody. And if it ends up being a Boston-Tampa Bay first round, I'm not going to bet on that. I'm not going to bet on that. Boston is a very scary team. And if Halak 
keeps playing as well as he's played in the last little while, and Rask gets back to his form, they're going to be a very, very oh, yeah. hard team to get through. Very difficult. Very difficult. So I think Boston's going in the right direction, and they do a lot of things very well. I don't know if I'd change much. Yeah, as far as gameplay goes, I don't know if I'd no, they're change a whole lot. Fantastic. And uh, I don't know if I'd... I don't think there's any players on the team that I'd get rid of. Uh, there's, I think players I wish they still had. I really think... I think McQuaid would still be a really I was good gonna fit say, Yeah, I, I, st- I wish they had McQuaid. Yeah. But uh, no, I think Boston's... Uh, doing great things and I, I'm really hard pressed to come up with something I would change. Mm. Yeah. Uh, second question was for you. Yes. Second question is for me and uh, cheers to you, Travis, for being in Manchester. Uh, I not only love New Hampshire, but I love Manchester in particular because that's where I go when I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, we go there twice a year. They have in Deerfield, which is not far from Candia, in Northwood, that area, they have a flea market that I go to and it's a geeky radio thing and I, I love Very that. Very geeky. Very geeky. But uh, the thing I like the best, I guess, about New Hampshire is the fact that they don't have sales tax. Uh, that's what I was going to say. No sales tax. Yeah. <laughs> no sales tax. So if you're coming in from even from Massachusetts or uh, Canada, uh, you are so used to paying sales taxes and the price on, on, a, on a product is never the price you end up paying. It's always added this, added that. Uh, so I love that aspect of things. The other thing that I love personally, but I don't know if it's a good public policy idea, is they don't have the kind of container recycling situation that we have. So if you go to buy a a six pack of Coke Zero or a dozen in the Walmart in Epping, you come out, you pay what it says. You don't pay a a can deposit. You don't pay anything. And then when you're done with the can, you throw it away. It goes in the garbage. Now somewhere that gets sorted, I'm sure. But there's no recycling. There's no... And you like that? I don't like it. But it's a nice break. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. So I don't, I, again, I don't think it's a great public policy, I, excuse me, a great public policy idea, but I do like the fact that when I'm there. You don't have to care. <laughs> it's one little, yeah, it's one thing I don't have to worry about. And usually, of course, if I'm there buying 24 pops mm-hmm. and I bring them home, I consume them here. Mm-hmm. I don't drink them all day. I don't drink much. So when I buy 24 pops in New Hampshire, they yeah. last me a long time, okay. months and months. But now what do I do with the cans? I put them in our regular recycling. We get five cents back on each can. Yeah. So I'm I'm coming home with a with a, a buck twenty. Or yeah. I'm coming home with a yeah. buck twenty. Uh that I didn't even have to spend two dollars and forty cents. Because here in PEI, if you're buying something, let's say a can of Coke, uh the can of Coke might be a dollar sixty. There's a ten cent deposit on top of that, yeah. then you're gonna pay tax. When you take the can back when it's empty, you get five cents back. So you lose half of your deposit all the time. Yes, yeah, PEI. So in New Hampshire, you don't pay any deposit, yet you get five cents back in that can when you bring mm. it home. Now, on the top of the can, it's stamped Connecticut, Maine, you know, it's New York, it's stamped right on the top of the can. Technically, the people sorting the cans here in Prince Edward Island should see that and say, oh, yeah, we're not going to give you any money for this can. <laughs> but. Oh, well. They don't seem to look at that mm. anyway. Uh, but that's not the only answer. Right? Just New Hampshire is a, it's a very uh, lovely place. It's Manchester in particular. I've not been in downtown Manchester a lot. Usually we're out by where Willow Avenue meets the, the 93 and the 101 and out that way. So um, I can't say I'm very familiar with the downtown, but uh, out where we hang out, it's great. It's a great spot. They're, everything's close by. The people are really nice. 
the Five Guys Burgers on uh, yeah on uh, South Portland Street is amazing, and uh, I'm there a lot. So well anyway, said. Thank you very much, Travis, and keep watching. Yes, thanks, Travis. Yeah. Uh, well said. You said a lot of very intellectual and very kind things. Um, what I was thinking about that entire time mm-hmm. was kind of the opposite. Yeah, my mind's my mind's a weird thing. It has nothing to do with New Hampshire. This is just this is what I was thinking about while you were talking. And it was about, it's about garbage. Okay, hypothetically, and this is the type of question that we talk about on our on our other podcast, which is having a yak on a second channel. Shout out, selfish plug. If you were the last person on Earth, maybe like everyone like literally disappears. You're there's actually a show. This it's called the Last Man on Earth. It's a comedy. It's All a right. really good show. This happens to you. You wake up one day and everybody's gone. You're the last person, okay? Do you stay in the same house? Do you go find a mansion somewhere and live in that? It doesn't really matter. It's just a lead up to my next question. Um, I think for starters, I would stay in my own house until I ate my stuff. And then I'd probably move. Okay. What would you do with your garbage? With my own garbage? Would you just go from house to house until you made enough garbage, you've ate everything? Or would you, wouldn't you want to stay in like a, a nice like mansion? Like you can go anywhere you want, so. Well, I guess there are some qualifying questions I need to have answered first. Okay. Is there any power? Is there oh, any yeah. electricity? Yeah, you have power. So I have power. Yeah. But there's no one else on the planet. So there's nobody programming television. There's nobody uh, providing content for me. So That's that, correct. So I can't, there's nothing on TV. That's there's, correct. There's, so it's, I have to do something else. Yeah. I have to entertain myself. Exactly. All right. I don't know what I do. I really don't. But do you go to a mansion and like live there for a little bit? Um, if I walked by one and it looked okay, yeah. sure, I'd maybe look So around. what do you do with your garbage when you're there? Do you just like throw it wherever you want or do you, do you collect it all up and then take it away from the house and dump it somewhere? I would probably, let's say this mansion has all the facilities. There yeah. might be a, a lawn tractor or some sort of little backhoe thing that I could uh, dig a hole with and mm-hmm. put it in the hole. Because if I'm the only person left on earth, there's obviously a reason for it because I'm so wonderful. <laughs> More wonderful than all the other six billion people on the it planet. It has nothing to do with you being wonderful. You just have this very rare gene where you survive and everyone else doesn't. But do I know that? Do I know that no one's ever going to come back? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm aware of the fact that when I die, it's it. Yeah. yeah I probably don't care then. <laughs> I really don't. Like, unless I'm, unless you're still like animals around that. No animals. No animals either. You're the last living thing. The last living thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, would you drain a pool and use that as a garbage dump? Why drain it? Just throw stuff in anyway. <laughs> yeah, pull Let it, it sink. <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> nice try. Anyway. Yeah. The other thing, uh, back to the New Hampshire question uh, from Travis, The uh, I didn't really say all my whole answer. Some of my best memories are in New Hampshire. Been there since I was a kid, off and on, traveling through it, especially up in the top part of the state, going through on Highway 2. Climb Mount Washington. Mm-hmm. both in a car and on foot and stayed overnight on top. Loved it. I just love the the whole uh, granite granite state. I don't remember being there. That's very unfortunate. It's too young. Mm-hmm. Have to take me back. I'd be happy to. On our way to that playoff game in Boston, maybe we'll stop yeah, in exactly. Manchester for a while and That's hang right. out. I got I got places I go, I got things I do. Well, that wraps up this podcast. That was great. Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think we've uh, filled up enough 
airspace and use enough electricity for one day. Sounds good. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, we'll see you again just before New Year's. And I uh, hope you have a great Christmas and you can spend lots of time with family and watch lots of hockey today. Mm-hmm. Hope you're watching the juniors coming up and the Spengler Cup. That's very underrated hockey. If you get a chance to watch the Spengler Cup game, please watch it. It's very good hockey. And uh, it's international. Well, kind of. But it's international. It's, there are club teams that play, just yeah. like there's Canadians and the Islanders and the Red Wings. They end up having a tournament that brings teams in from different leagues. They all play in Davos, Switzerland. It's kind of like the Champions Hockey League. It is kind of like that, except there's a Team Canada made up of the Canadian-born players from a lot of these other teams. Yeah. So Team Canada is a bit of an all-star team that plays against these other club teams. And not everyone who's on these other club teams who's Canadian leaves that team to go play for Team Canada. There are Canadians still playing on some of these other teams, too. Exactly, yeah. So it, it's good hockey. It's sort of beer league hockey in a way because I don't think they take it too seriously. Their families go over. There's lots of partying going mm-hmm. on at night and stuff. But the best part about the Spangler Cup is the games are on in the daytime for us. Yeah. So we don't have to stay up to the middle of the night like some games on the West Coast. So yeah. It's a real treat. A real treat. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for watching and listening. If you're not subscribed to our channel, hope you can hit the subscribe button down below. If you're on YouTube, if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play Music, please leave us a review if you have time. And uh, enjoy the holidays, and we'll talk to you in a week. Adios.